I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. <laughs> You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello and welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 17th of October, the day before Batman. Batman's coming out tomorrow, so I hope that you got your pre-orders in or at least that you'll be ready to be there bright and early. Or in some cases, at midnight tonight, like our man Joe, who's going to be going out there. At least he said he will be showering, at least he knows that much. All you other gamers there, you stinky stupid gamers from living in your mother's basement, shower before you go pick up your game. Apparently it's important. So now I have to listen to him complaining on Twitter all day tomorrow about how tired he is at work. Well, at least he'll be clean. <laughs> I mean, it's a not, once in a year. Four hours. Monthly <laughs> occurrence for him. <laughs> so, yeah, so Batman is coming out tomorrow. I've had my copy locked down. I put my uh, a couple of games away for it for trade-in. And I'm really, really looking forward to playing this game. I still haven't... Um, I haven't been researching it enough to see what kind of connect integration there's going to be in it. If any, actually, I, I, have you heard of anything? Not for Batman. No. Yeah. See, I hadn't heard any, I thought initially I had heard that there would be some, but then from there, I never heard anything. So it's possible there isn't like I, I picked up Forza four and I've been playing that and it has some connect integration, but in all honesty, it's freaking crap. Initially I thought the head tracking would be cool for looking at the other cars as they're getting close or whatever but it just winds up being more of an annoyance and it doesn't just track your head if you actually lean to the side as you're going into a corner it'll also turn as if it's your head <laughs> everybody who plays a game like this naturally will lean when you're taking corners and so the freaking everything's going wild it looks like your car's spinning out of control i hate it anyways we're getting off track here so batman tomorrow and we did find out a little bit more news as well in terms of the catwoman stuff content that's going to be in the game now just too late on the line here we talked about this before there's there was they were talking about the extra stuff for the um the ten dollar pass online pass that you pick up if you're not buying the game new that's also going to include your catwoman content now as well which is from what I've read, fairly sizable, actually. <laughs> really sizable with Catwoman. Um, and what is really upsetting a lot of people, and I have to say, myself included too, is that Rocksteady sold this game on the, 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 the mm. premise that Catwoman would be included in the game and boasting how much gameplay you're going to get from this. And you find out later that, yeah, but only if you're buying it new or if you're paying the additional 10 bucks later. Um, I don't know about you, but that really, it's a bait and switch, and it really disgusts me. Honestly, at this point, I'm so numb to the entire concept. It's just like, whatever. It just rolls off my back at this point. For the most part, I agree. For the most part, if it's something like this, or when they're saying that it's for um, for the online play and stuff like that, then I'm like, alright, you know what? You're fine. You're, you're actually hurting your retailers, because the retailers are trying to rely a lot more on the used games, and for rentals as well. But, you know, whatever. But when it's something like this, where it is point-blank something that they said was going to be in the game, and then they remove it and make it so that it's something that you download that's part of this online pass, that's when I kind of say, no, that's that's not cool. That's not good. Yeah, I, I can definitely see your side there. However, on the other hand, the whole time when they were talking about, oh, Catwoman's playable, Catwoman has you know her special missions, this and that, I really didn't care. 
I was like, I don't want to be Catwoman. I want to be the goddamn Batman. Yeah, but, but did you see some of the stuff they the, the way they're talking now, about it? It's yeah, it's quite. <laughs> now a that they've actually shown it off, I was like, man, I want to play Catwoman. You damn right, and that's why if. Again, if you're the type of player who does a lot of game rentals, um, which I know quite a few gamers, that they don't tend to buy a lot of them. They rent them. And it's a much smarter way to, to play, in all honesty. Um, or if you are someone who likes to buy the used games, then this is really, this is the point where I kind of stop and say, okay, now this is not cool. This is, yeah. and it's because of that bait and switch. It's one thing to give something extra to the people who buy it new, buy it, you know, pre-order. I agree. It's another thing entirely to take something away from those that don't. I agree. Okay. All right. So what are you thinking about this, Enjo? Unfortunately, it's something we're going to have to get used to. This yeah, but it's gonna... all well and good to say that. It, I, I'm, I agree, I'm not, but I'm, I don't agree. I don't agree with it. I think it's shitty. I, uh, I think it was um, something that is going to really look bad for them in the long run. But sadly, this is the way that it's going to wind up going. We're going to get that sort of content gate based on that. But um, again, I don't stupid. have as much of a problem with it when it is something that is... They're upfront about? That, a, they're upfront about, but also not that they're actually taking something out that was promised to be part of it. That's when I have a problem with it. That's, the, again, that bait and switch. That's when, as consumers, we should be saying, no, this is terrible. Now, the problem is... Is that I mean they know they got you by the balls because it's like you're gonna buy the game anyway so in that regard it's there's there's not much you can do but I still think that you can at least voice the opinion of just how much disgust you have for it you know what I mean oh agreed yeah. absolutely agreed and I think that people should be vocal about it and I think that this is something that you shouldn't take laying down um, you know with some games like losing access to one minor part of it if it's a used game I understand that but at the same point, developers, you're basically waging your war with used game sellers by using us as your fodder. All that's going to do in the long run is eventually make us stop giving you our money. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's going to discourage it's going to discourage first of all us who want to buy the game new from giving you that money because you're being such assholes about it. And that's a big thing right there because if if there was any chance in hell that I was on the fence about this game, I'm the type of person that I, I really I don't like it when a um, whether it's a retailer or a distributor or in this case a developer kind of thing. I don't like being screwed over by somebody who I'm giving them my money. So they're well, relying on me. And so when especially, something sorry, go ahead. It's just that when something like this happens, I will actually be the kind of person who does draw the line in the sand. If it, again, if if I'm on the fence in any way, shape, or form, if it's something that, well, I don't have much choice and I really want it, then fine, I'll deal with it, but I'll be upset. But if I'm on the fence, forget it. And if this was a game that I was even marginally on the fence, I forget it. You're not giving my money. Well, especially when you consider that most used games are like 5 to $10 less. That's the thing. You know, and then the company wants to charge the person who bought the used game $10 for the content, there is basically eking five more dollars out of that person who bought it used, trying to, in whatever asinine attempt they can to discourage people from buying used games. I'm sorry. You, well, that's it's not, just fucking stupid and shitty. And it's not just the used, but again, it's the rentals as well. So if you indeed the rent rentals, a, if and, you rent a game, if you like to pay, uh, you rent your games, then you're not going to see this content unless you want to fork over another ten bucks. And I doubt very much that anyone will want it that badly that they will. That said, that. now let's talk about that content. Like Vince was saying, it does look damn cool. It's freaking Assassin's Creed meets Spider Man. <laughs> That's how I see it. I <laughs> and think it's fairly accurate. Yeah. And then when you throw in the, the the one phrase that gets me, exclusive Riddler trophies. Done. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You got me. <laughs> yeah. You, you knew exactly what to say. <laughs> I like too the the way that they were talking how it's going to be a um, a different way of traveling Plane. throughout yeah. the city as well, not just the play style and whatnot, because you would expect obviously that would be different, but the actual going around the city yeah. and i mean we've already talked about this before because of the breadth of the city and how much you're going to be able to do i'm looking forward to just literally bouncing around all over the place so being able to do it using a different mechanic a different style i actually i'm, I'm really looking forward to that i was really impressed with the way they kind of sort of kept basically catwoman intact even in that motion 
You know what I mean? Like just the different things that she can do crawling on ceilings. That's a very Catwoman-esque thing. That's not something Batman does regularly, mostly because he's got a cape. He looks for other ways to go about his business. But, like, the way that she moves, the way that she reacts, the way that she rolls through, um, you know, up on ledges, things like that, was very, very awesome. And I honestly can't wait to to get a chance to play as her because it just looks ridiculously cool. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to another game that's coming up very soon, and that is... Uncharted 3. I've got the video here. I'm going to be playing it for the folks in the audience. And basically, a video was released just shy of five minutes, and it's basically showing Nathan crawling through the desert after the plane crash, one would assume, obviously, and uh, in dire need of some water, and making it to the uh, little outpost kind of thing, and then everything that goes on there and being discovered oh god damn once again (laughs) 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 jesus it just is insane and what i love again is even more so than the other two games is how it looks like it's it's so seamlessly blending the cinematics with your movements and I love how the movements are different, too. He's not running like he normally runs. He's kind of staggering along a lot more. And I love his little quips here and there as well. It just was fantastic. Yeah, and just the the one little detail that really sold me on this one was Drake's voice. I mean, how how he's, you know, he's raspy, how he he's really thirsty, he's exhausted. I'm pretty sure this is right after he fell out of a freaking airplane. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, like, that's a small little detail that a lot of other games wouldn't include. And and it just really sets it's, – it's that, it's that attention to detail that's always set Uncharted apart from it, anything else. It's also that attention to the detail that makes it a cinematic experience, not just a gaming experience. Yeah, it is – like, uh, I, I played through the first and the second one with uh, both my son and my, my wife watching periodically at different times, and it is one of those games that somebody can sit beside and just watch and enjoy watching somebody else play, which can't be said for, you know, a lot of games. But anyways, I've got the, the videos in the show notes for anybody who's interested. It's definitely worth watching. Again, if you're on the fence about this game, um, shame on you, first of all, but if, if you are. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's coming out right at a time where, again, we've got Batman... And Arkham City, we've got um, Assassin's Creed that's going to be coming out, Revelations, then we've got Skyrim coming out, and so there's a crap ton of games, and which isn't even talking about some of the other games, such as, like I was saying, I picked up Forza 4, so, I mean, there's a lot, but this is, again, basically the PS3 game, so... Christ, does it ever look... It it looks fantastic. And it looks like they really improved. You can see the combat as well. It it looks a lot smoother than before. I was wondering about that. I was like, did they really improve the combat or have I just been doing it wrong? (laughs) It might be a little... Probably both. both, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, six of one and a half dozen of the other. So yeah, it does look good. Now, talking about Skyrim, we actually got... It was funny because it was an article that was written at... I think it was Eurogamer. I believe mm-hmm. so, yeah. And what I loved about it is because I immediately thought of you, Vince. <laughs> because here's this reviewer that's got three hours to play Skyrim, and instead of going out to hunt freaking dragons, he does crafting. <laughs> Spends all of his time using the crafting system. But what was I, I actually was happy that he did write that because it's it's nice to know like he said too that if you want to spend all of your time hunting dragons and doing things like that it's there for you but if you're the type of person who enjoys doing other things like in this case various crafting things and cooking uh, then the you'll get just as much enjoyment doing that he had a blast just doing that i thought that was fantastic especially compared to a lot of the other previews i've read from you know the same session i guess the embargo just lifted and in that three hours he seemed to enjoy the game a lot better than most of the other people who were doing it's like oh i'm gonna go find some dragons and they spend the next three hours getting murdered i was gonna say this is nice to see that the game we, we know it was going to be deep, but to have that sort of depth already, you know, especially with the crafting system being enjoyable, that says a lot. I mean, how many games do the, the crafting system just suck? Well, this is actually, they had um, they talked some about this before, too, because especially when we saw the, the hour-long video there, how there was just so much that you could do. You want to sit around and make freaking horseshoes if you want. In town, you can do that kind of thing. And so... 
And knowing what we do know from both Oblivion and Morrowind and whatnot, you could do a variety of different crafting things. And I always thought that they handled them fairly well. So figuring that this was going to be, you know, quite an evolution from um, Oblivion and sure as hell Morrowind that... I figured it actually would be a really strong crafting system. And again, I it I like that you can have just as much fun doing that as you can all of the other combat and questing stuff. Which again leads you to believe that you're not just going to be spending 80 hours in this game. <laughs> you're going to be spending a couple of hundred hours if you're a completionist. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move away from there now, and again, another game that's coming up afterwards, of course, is The Old Republic, which we're looking at the December 20th release date, and that is not going to be the release date for everybody. Nobody's getting a head start, so which makes a lot of people out in, where was it? I think it was Europe that was going to be... Mm-hmm. coming out Europe later. is going to be two days behind. Yeah, so we got a lot of news for that from the New York City Comic Con. So Vince, you were you were talking about that. Yeah, it's funny. They actually mentioned that uh, New York City Comic Con was when they had initially intended to announce the release date, but uh, circumstances changed. They announced it at, uh, was it the Eurogamer uh, convention or whatever it was? So they said, okay, uh, we don't have a release date for you guys. But here's a pretty cool trailer. <laughs> Their new Signs of War trailer, as they describe it. As the Treaty of Coruscant dissolves, the galaxy finds itself back on the brink of all-out war. Chaos and corruption run rampant, and the mighty armies of both the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire prepare themselves for the inevitable showdown. And then they go on to hype the game. And this trailer, it's all in-game stuff. It's none of the crazy cinematic trailers we've seen over the last few years. It was just really well executed. I mean, first of all, it has one of my favorite pieces of music that I have experienced. <laughs> I think I can say that. And it just shows off uh, a lot of really great scenes with you know the individual classes. And it does a great setup because I've seen a few of these events and I'm glad other people are getting a chance to see them now as well. It was... <laughs> You know what, dude? Uh, yes, <laughs> you are a bastard. I'm not as much of a bastard because I only had a few days. <laughs> You're still playing, and I hate you for it. <laughs> because that's uh, yeah. Um, the I I actually watched the all of the panel. There was a an hour long panel they showed for a Q and A, and then there was a, a much shorter video out. I don't know how long the full panel was, but uh, a shorter one that was uh, eight and a half minutes or so. And during those, they talked about a whole bunch of things. Unfortunately, the sound quality overall was pretty terrible in those, but we were still able to glean quite a bit of information from them as a whole. They talked about flashpoints quite a bit, which mm-hmm. is good because that's something that's fairly important in the story. And it's various stories throughout. And it's important because um, when you're looking at, again, it, it provides you with that group experience that you can have. I, it's, it's, it's something that you want to do throughout all of your levels. And they were now saying that you will be able to do flashpoints throughout all of your leveling. Yeah, not just that. They said, you know, you can do your class quests and ignore the other stuff. You could do PvP. They're really expanding the way you can level throughout the game based upon uh, how it was in their earlier uh, testing phases. So they, 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 they've said that they've really responded to a lot of the feedback. And if, if you hadn't been able to take all these different approaches, I think it could have been pretty hard on the game. I agree. And they're doing it right. They're attacking from all sorts of different angles, right? Um, and they're they're looking at it in a way where they're really accepting the feedback and you can see it, not just by this fact they're saying, oh, we're listening to feedback, but you can really see it. You can really see how from what we first got as far as uh, whatever information we've we've received from them has transformed over the last year at the very least. You can look back during that track record and just see all the things that have shifted, all the things that you can very clearly see were player-driven or, or were people that offered an opinion that they said, you know, that actually makes sense. We should probably consider that. And then went ahead and did it. Uh, the flashpoints being a major thing. People like instances. People like, you know, those those sort of bubble events. And having the flashpoints, first of all, having them be one available or have some available that's appropriate for your level throughout the game, that's huge. How many times were you leveling in other games where there wasn't an instance or something that you could do? And it was just like, oh, just go grind for 10 levels. 
No, they're giving you a fun alternative. They're giving you different ways to experience the game. And they're trying to make each of them equal uh, so that no matter how you choose to play the game, you're going to have fun. And not only that, if you choose to go back and make an alt, like many of us will likely do, uh, you can experience the game completely differently if you feel. And I really like that. I really like the way that they're presenting that and, and how much they're talking about that aspect of it, especially now. Yeah, because so much of what they've talked about is, you know, a choice driven in the game, you know, all the choices you make. But they haven't previously talked about any choices you have from a gameplay aspect. It's always been from a story aspect. And now they're finally realizing that, okay, this is an MMO. You need to give the players a lot more choices outside of just the story. Uh, like they talked about uh, in another one of the panels, how they had to make a lot of those concessions to enhance the gameplay. For example, uh, at first, they only wanted you to be able to play through a Flashpoint one time because that's what makes sense for your character and for the story. And pitchforks and torches would have been raised amongst the MMO community about that. So they said, okay, you can repeat the flashpoints. Even if it doesn't make sense, we'll let you do it. Or your, your companions. They wanted every uh, Mako character, for example, to be the same because, you know, that's her character. That's what she looks like. And again, they, they made a concession to the community that, okay, the community isn't going to want that. So we will step back and, you know, loosen the noose a little bit and really let our players do things how they want to. Well, that's one of the things they said because they'd never done an MMO. So they're they're trying to reconcile their ideas of what an RPG should be wrapped around an MMO. And so they're having to listen to what the feedback has been from the beta, letting them know that some of what they want to do just won't work. Granted, some of it is different and fantastic. It's a, it's a different way of experiencing an MMO. But there has to be a give and take where, yeah, we're willing to let some, as players, some things go that we're used to. But... But you're also going to have to change some things. And repeatable flashpoints is definitely one. It makes absolutely no sense from a gameplay perspective not to allow it. From, uh, from again, uh, yeah, for sure, an RPG standpoint, yeah, it makes sense, but not an MMO. And that's one thing that has to change. So anyways, no, there was a lot of things that they talked about in terms of of different things that they're going to be doing, the flashpoints not being the only thing, of course, too. They talked a lot as well about the, um, in terms of grouping, of course, the the other raid. Well, I shouldn't say they talked a lot. They, they showed the the little video, and they, or not video, even the, the picture. And they, a single screenshot. Yeah, and they were saying there is going to be another one, and that's the one that's going to involve the hut. Um, I would have definitely liked to have seen more and heard more, but I guess... They're they're running low on things to be to be talking about and revealing mm -hmm. with two months left to go. Yeah, it's but I, I like their concept, especially how they talk about how the huts are really the third power in the galaxy. And I, I think that's a very interesting point that they make that okay, with the Republic and the Empire fighting over so much, it's the huts that are gonna swoop in and take advantage of it. And that could be very interesting from a story standpoint. Yeah, because you need that too. You need that other power that's there that will be, um, it can't always just be Imperial Republic kind of thing. You need mm -hmm. something else that's a force to be reckoned with that both parties have to deal with kind of thing. And so I, I can already see how that's going to be something that's going to be prevalent in perhaps a lot of story elements, which is not a bad thing. Because, I mean, we're seeing that as well in the um, the other war zone. Is it not going to be something that's hut-based as well? No, they said the third one, the Void Star, oh, it's an, right. Old, right, uh, right. an old decommissioned prototype ship left over from a previous battle that the, that the two are going to fight over. I, I forget who they said initially uh, owned the Created Void Star, it, yeah. but yeah. Okay, and what else did we get from there? Uh, there's not going to be a dungeon finder at launch, as they say, right. it only works for established games. And I buy that, you know, they really want to build the community instead of just, you know, sitting in town with your queue up, uh, item modifications are something that they're really heavily working on right now in the beta. And uh, what they say about the, is, was that, was that your note? That was it. Okay. <laughs> what? What they've said about item oh, modifications God. are it allows you to have the aesthetic control of your character. Um, there's because no... they're changing their opinion on that. Because yes, initially yes. they weren't going to allow that, but now they are. Yeah, a la they transmogrification. See, this is where yeah, I'm completely steamrolling you here, but then you can continue after events. <laughs> I just I have to get it out. Okay. I haven't completely lost my mind. Um I just heavily medicated, that's all. But this is where um 
if you're going to, again, be copying gameplay from other games, which is not to say that that's exactly what's going on, of course, but if you're going to be copying, then you should be copying from the enhanced new version of other said games <laughs> and not something from, oh, I don't know, maybe six and a half years ago. So those enhancements should be part of what you're doing now. And the, the transmogrification kind of thing, which we also saw in DC Universe before WoW even, because it's not even out in WoW yet, but and DC Lord Universe of the Rings and, and Lord of the Rings. And I mean, so that's got to be something that you now put in, in my opinion, by default. That should be in there. But the way they're handling it, uh, the player has a little more control over it. If you really like a piece of equipment, the way it looks, you can hold on to it and just keep upgrading the stats. Not necessarily copying over, but you can continue to modify that piece of armor so that it's still on par with the higher tier stuff. And I think that's a cool way to, to handle it instead of just you know throw it in a magic pot. I agree. And not just that, but it gives you a lot more control over exactly what you want in terms of additional stats to your armor. That's well, it's, it's a combination of two things that are really that are really kind of big right now, especially for Warcraft. Transmogrification, not yet, but reforging as well. Yeah. Giving yeah. players that control over the stats has been something that has been really well received by MMO gamers in general. And adding that in with the ability to, you know, keep the aesthetic you like, that's kind of a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So uh, just moving on, the last couple notes I have here. Uh, they say the players won't be gimped by choosing to stay neutral. They've talked so much about you know the the cool stuff you get by being heavily light side or heavily dark side, and a lot of the players are like, well, what if I don't want to be either? And they claim that that won't be a problem. See, and- <laughs> that's big though. That's yeah. That's something that like especially I found it especially in Mass Effect Two, where the mm-hmm. the really really good um, discussion options only came about if you were so heavily swayed one side or the other that there was very little chance that you had taken the middle road at any point up until then, you know what I mean? So, and I like how they were saying too that they want to set up a system wherein you don't feel like you always have to be choosing the 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 light or dark side necessarily but you can pick that middle road without feeling like you are going to be losing out on options down the road yeah and then one thing that i hope i'm not reading a little too much into they say no multiplayer space combat at launch so that that leaves me hopeful that it's a consideration for the future. <laughs> well, actually, I was watching at that point when I when they were talking about that too, and they didn't look very enthusiastic when they were talking <laughs> about that. But well, it was, you had to program it, that it, it, shit it when you hate it too. Well, <laughs> it doesn't have to be right away. Just. Let me know it's a thought. <laughs> See, the way that they were talking about it, too, is that they were trying, once again, to be really selling what it is now. Yeah. And saying, like, really, a lot of people who say it's not great, then try it and do like it. Now, I personally have not tried it, so I have no clue. I don't know. But, I mean, a lot of people, they're claiming that a lot of people do like it. So that's why when he was saying that they were going to, you know, it's not going to change at launch maybe later it was really i can't see this being a priority for them for quite a while they did say yeah it's something that they want to keep working on afterwards but it's sure as shit did not sound like a priority i don't just let me know it's there that's all i want <laughs> and they also talked about uh, a new novel coming up uh the writer of the nar- novel uh drew carpetian i can't even begin to pronounce that it sounds like a wookie name <laughs> It has a novel coming out on November 15th focusing on the character of Revan, who was, of course, very important throughout the Knights of the Old Republic games. And the novel will serve as a bridge from Knights of the Old Republic through to the Old Republic. And it's going to include details on how Revan turned to the dark side. And that's the canon for it now. How we know in the first KOTOR you could choose either way, but come the second one he he was a bad guy. So he, he continues that through the Old Republic and he says that players that want the full Revan experience in the Old Republic will have to play the Republic side and then the Empire side. And um, I think that's something that uh, players are really going to want to look out for. What was interesting, too, is that when they were talking about the, again, your choices in terms of if you want to be that, um, the, the, the imperial 
goody two shoes or Republic kind of no good uh, for nothing. But it was interesting when they were talking about that and what it'll mean for your choices in terms of where the story progresses and, and the quote unquote endings as well. That was kind of cool. What was also interesting is when he was talking about somebody asked him, <laughs> they kind of clapped to that. It was a good question. Somebody was talking about the companions and whatnot and how important the relationships are going to be and was saying because if you're playing a Jedi role-playing it as it should be, you're not actually going to have any romantic... You're not going to be able to have any romance with your companions because that's you're not supposed to have mm-hmm. that as a Jedi. And they were saying that's exactly true. If you are going to be playing your, your Jedi specifically as very staunch you stick and following the kind the of code. things yeah. you're going to miss out on certain things but then if in so doing you will also be making a lot of the choices that are light side kind of thing so you'll gain something there so it's a you got to weigh your options of what's more important your 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 class specific questing or some different quest lines or whatever with your companions kind of thing. And it's kind of, I kind of like that again, not only are your choices going to make a difference in terms of your, your personal story and things that you're doing in this story, but it's going to branch all the way through to your, again, your, your companions and whatnot. You can't have it all. Essentially, you're going to have to decide how you want the story to go. I'm impressed. Every time I'm hearing more, I am more and more impressed. They just might pull this off. <laughs> they might. And what I also like is that, again, they, they are taking some time away from story and whatnot to work even more on gameplay right now. Well, yeah, because they're in crunch mode now. Yeah, you can't you can't neglect that gameplay. Yeah. So and I like that. I, there's still some gameplay that needs to be fixed. So I'm glad that that's becoming a priority now. So moving away from there at Comic-Con as well, we got an ever so brief trailer for the new game, the new uh, the amazing Spider-Man. And this is being worked on by uh, Phoenix, who worked on the other two games as well. But this one's been a, over a year in the making. Now, there's nothing been said about the um, the story yet. It's going to be coming out around the same time as the movie reboot, but they said that the story is going to be different. But the freaking action on it <laughs> looks awesome. They got one aspect right. So it's again, it's one of those. I who knows what's going to come out of it, but it sure as shit was an interesting trailer to see there. Now, one of the things that got both of you excited <laughs> was this Warhammer 40k news, though. Joe, I'll let you take this. Oh, absolutely. THQ uh, has finally released some details about the upcoming MMO. Keep in mind that this is all tentative, and since nothing has even really been written in stone, it can change at any point in time. But Warhammer 40k Dark Millennium Online, interestingly enough, was the first revision, uh, Dark Millennium, the name of the first revision of the actual board game. Anyway, uh, it's being developed by Vigil Games, uh, which is the people behind Darksiders. Uh, you'll be basically running around the same graphics engines as the recent Space Marine game, which is absolutely gorgeous. It'll have similar feature, uh, similar combat mechanics, um, which also very awesome. Uh, there are chainsword to the face, dude. Chainsword to the face. Stomp some, <laughs> stomp an orc on the ground. Come on. Um, there are two factions, Order, which is like the Imperium, like Eldar uh, and, you know, humans, all that good stuff. And then Disorder, which is like Orcs and Chaos. Um, there will be four primary classes for both Orders, uh, essentially. Um, for each race, there's going to be a Marine, an Assassin, a Tech Priest, and a Psyker. Um, each race is going to have their own version of this right now. Um, each ra- Each class will then be able to further specialize, kind of like I'm guessing what we've seen with... Uh, Star Wars, where you pick a class and then you can pick a specialization in that tree, so to speak, which I think is kind of nifty. That's become um, a standard right now. Too. It, it really yeah. is. It has. It has been. Um, but this little tidbit of information has a ton of 40K fans salivating, myself included. <laughs> like, I've never take myself as a 40k fan it's always been something kind of on the periphery of my interests like that looks really cool but there's a lot of stuff behind this uh, we talked about this a long time ago uh before space marine came out and i picked up uh, dawn of war 2 on pc it was on a steam sale i was like okay let me check it out really enjoyed the game wasn't that into the setting and the universe yet so space marine came out the combat looked amazing so i was like all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna try out the space marine game and 
after Space Marine, I have just completely fallen in love with the 40K universe to the point where I want to start reading the books. I want to know more about it. And this game, it, it, when it eventually <laughs> comes out, could be a, a very big interest of mine at the time. See, now here's the other thing, too, is right now the news that's coming out about this, uh, even though it's a little bit right now, is also kind of paralleling the end of the Horus Heresy books that have just been starting to talk about there's 14 books in the series right now um it's an absolutely don't tell epic, me that it dude it's <laughs> it's one of the most amazing book Man. series I've, I've seen written by various uh authors that have given such uh, life to the canon of what really started out as a pen and paper role-playing game and turned into a model gaming phenomenon but there's so much history and lore in the universe as well and they've expanded on this and they're talking about how they're going to finish off the horse heresy line. And now all of a sudden the 40 K dark millennium stuff happens, which is kind of funny because 40 K dark millennium, it starts with the horse heresy ends. Go figure. So I have a feeling that they're planning something with black armory. And I have, I think these two are going to start lining up a little bit. So yes, cool. start reading Vince. I have zombie books. I need to read. <laughs> <laughs> I just read them. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies are better than freaking Warhammer dudes. Uh, you know what? The Warhammer is actually one of those games, same as Vince too, that I really never, I never played any of them or not. I mean, years and years ago when my eldest son and I were playing Magic, he had actually started playing the Warhammer game, tabletop game, and he had all the little freaking Warhammer dudes that he painted each one individually and whatnot, and he got into it more than I did. I really, I never bothered with it. Now, granted, it's there. I would love to, if something's well done, I would love to get more into it. And if this is, in fact, going to be as good as what you boys think it's going to be, then that may be where I bounce in. It I have high well hopes for be. it. Yeah. With what they've done with the previous games, I I have I have hope. Assuming what we've been told is the actual game, I they would have to try to screw it up, I think. <laughs> Yeah, okay. actively. Okay, let's move on to another game, though, that I know we're all very excited about for, and that is, of course, Guild Wars 2. Now, in typical fashion, they've been releasing more information about what's going on and about the, um, it, through their blog, about the various races and different things like that. And this week, what they did is instead of spotlighting one of the playable races, they actually spotlighted the uh, one of the other races that are in the game. Now, if you played Guild Wars 1, then you will remember the the kind of monkey-ish race that is out there that are called the Trogs. A lot of games have Trogs of different sorts, and Guild Wars had it too. Now, they played a fairly minor role overall in the game and were basically only tossed in periodically at different zones when they needed a villain that wasn't the Char kind of thing. And really didn't think much of them didn't really didn't know much about the back history there either but they're really fleshing them out for guild wars 2 which is really good because it is actually a very interesting race i love what they did with it as again what we've seen with a lot of the different races including the obvious playable races for guild wars 2 and what basically the um the 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 Grawl are interesting because they're nowhere near as technologically advanced as whether we're looking at the humans or obviously the Asura or the, the Char, but they're they're much more of a spiritual race and they are very shamanistic in their, their rituals and what they do is instead of idolizing a common god they idolize various things whether it is a place or an individual or an item that they feel are quote-unquote imbued with great spiritual force and then so you have different groups of grawl that have various quote-unquote again gods and this leads to various conflict between them at different times as they disagree with which one is the you know ultimate god or the more powerful or, or whatever periodically in in times when there is one common um, spiritual force, God, whatever, it can draw multiple groups of Grawl together, but then you get some infighting between them as they you have some who agree, some who don't, and whatnot. 
there's a lot of opportunity here for backstories with you as the player character interacting with various settlements of Grawl, which I think will be fantastic. And I like how they've already established a, a relationship between especially the Char and the Grawl because the Char used to actually enslave the Grawl in the past because they were much more powerful than them, much more technologically advanced as well. And then you have, say, the Norn, who respect to a certain degree their spiritual beliefs but feel that they're not as advanced in their spiritual beliefs as say the norn and there are some similarities but you can of course see how one has a higher thinking associated with it than the other again i think that it's going to be very interesting because of how it's going to what's what it what it's going to mean for you as a playable character Highly dependent on what you chose as your race when you're then interacting with them wherever they may be. And, and it, it'll be a very different way of dealing with them based on which group or clan of them even that you're interacting with as well. Sounds really cool. Can't wait. You got nothing. I know you got nothing. <laughs> I, I just don't know enough, but your enthusiasm an, is infectious. It's an interesting twist on the whole you know, trog thing. And I think that's, that's what's really, it's like, I'm kind of excited about it. Not as excited as I would be about other things, but it is, it is very interesting to see how the different races are going to react to them. Because right now in every game we have trogs, it's kill on sight. Stone trogs, kill. Earth trogs, kill. Regular trogs in the forest, kill. Here it's like, well, we might actually get something out of them. So, and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then see, the thing is, is again, it's, in most stories, there isn't a story behind them. You, you, they're used as that common destroy, kill on sight kind of NPC that you stick in a mob that you when you need just that. Whereas here, they're creating a nice, rich backstory. That, I mean, we may be overstepping here, and maybe they're not going to make that much use of them. Um, however, you wouldn't go to this much trouble if you weren't. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be something that if, again, if done properly, here is a, a, whether it's a mob or an NPC that all of a sudden now is more than just, you know, two dimensions. There's going to be more to it that they can make use of, but not just that based on these, again, because they, they keep saying that it's a very spiritual race, just in different ways based on where they are and things like that, and which shaman is leading them because they're all led by one shaman kind of thing, each of these um, these clans. So I think that taking that into consideration then, when you are looking at the breadth of what Guild Wars 2 will be in terms of traveling around and whatnot, because I can think of it from the standpoint of Guild Wars 1 and you know exponentially multiply what we'd be looking at for Guild Wars 2, you have such a, an opportunity to have... Um, NPCs and, and mobs that aren't just your traditional human. Here's a human settlement. Go get your quest from them and then go and do what you got. No, here's a Grawl settlement, but you're not going to be quite sure what you're going to get when you go in there. And I like that a lot. And I like how it's going to be because we know that it's going to be an ever-changing world within reason and because of how questing and whatnot is going to come about as there are changes in that world, then by introducing a non-playable race that is that changes quite easily or often, then I think, again, you're opening yourself up to a lot of diverse questing that you otherwise would not have gotten. I mean, again, case in point, you got a human settlement that burns down because you didn't get to it in time, then basically human settlement is just going to rebuild itself and then go from there a Grawl settlement, maybe you won't. Maybe they will, ref- you know, wander over to somewhere else where there is something yeah, that they peace can out, idolize. We're, going, we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys. You didn't want to help us. The spirits are angry. We're going to go over to that rock. It glows. <laughs> it's a pretty rock. So again, I think that it's it's fairly good. And again, kudos to ArenaNet for showing us, you know, a lot more depth in the, the lore of, of this game. So moving away from there now too, we had some news about Final Fantasy 14. Vince? So we've talked a lot about uh, good MMOs on this game uh, on this uh, episode. So let's talk about a crappy <laughs> one. <laughs> Way back in our uh, bow down to us days, I subjected myself to the Final Fantasy XIV beta. Just nobody I gave it made as you. As nobody made you. No, no, 
but I, I felt it would make for a very nice article, and it did. It You're did. welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what sin so, were you washing away? <laughs> I gave it a fair chance, and while there were certain elements in the game that I thought they could be built upon to make a good game, uh, the story and all that stuff, it was just fundamentally broken. The actual game didn't work. So... A month after the game came out, amidst all the cries and, and, and complaints, Square Enix said, OK, hold on, hold on. Don't cancel your accounts. We're going to give you a free month. We're going to fix this. A month later, they said, OK, we're going to give you another free month. And we just fired the entire development staff. <laughs> <laughs> they brought an entirely new staff uh, on board and kept extending the free trial period through Still now, it has been a year, they have not earned a single dollar in subscription fees, and they've been putting a lot of money into the game from a development standpoint. Uh, personally, I think at this point they should have just cut their losses, but kudos to them for trying. So they've said they are considering the game fixed enough to a point where they can start charging again. Uh, sometime between late November and early December, the free trial period will end and they will start charging an undisclosed subscription fee. However, they're still working on it. Uh, just to let you know how much work they've put in, uh, just a week or two ago, they released patch 1.19. That's a hell of a lot of content Jesus. patches for the game. Yeah. And they have this huge plan detailed going out into the future. Uh, 1.20, 1.21, 1.22, et cetera, et cetera. All throughout the next year, leading up to version 2.0 coming out in the fall of 2012. Uh, coinciding with uh, 2.0, you're finally going to get the PS3 release, as well as... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. As well as a, an entirely new PC client running on new hardware on the servers because they're completely overhauling the game to a cataclysm level. Uh, they're remodeling the landscape. They're saying the storylines are going to end permanently. So if you want to see these storylines, you need to be in it before 2.0 hits because after 2.0, it's completely new game, much like we're seeing in cataclysm. Uh, we're going to get a new trial period at the time, and I'll say it. I will give the game a fair chance again. I am curious to see just how much they have fixed over. Well, at this point, it'll be about two years. <laughs> but and I'm looking at a lot of the changes they still have coming up. And I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? One of their plans for 2.0 is an in-game mail system. <laughs> First of all, how is <laughs> how is that not in at launch? And second of all, how is it still not in? They the were working on it when they fired the development team. That's why <laughs> they can't afford carrier pigeons. <laughs> uh, other upcoming changes that they're talking about: um, <clears throat> they're re-coding uh, the entire UI to make it easier on them, as well as they're going to start allowing user-created add-ons. Which, to be perfectly honest, I don't like here because it creates a huge difference between the PC players and the PS3 players. PC players can have the benefit of add-ons and the console players can't. This is one of those games where I really think add-ons could be detrimental to the game overall, but yeah, that's but the, a completely the, different discussion. Yeah, but you... I don't think it's a bad idea at all because they should be different. I mean, look at DC Universe Not Online. if they're playing on the same servers, though. Yeah, but that's still not going to happen. I... It, no, it is. A bullshit. The, this they, is well, yeah, the same servers. Because they said that it was going to be before and it happened. No, it didn't. Final Fantasy XI was on the same server. Final yeah, but Fantasy XI was the same server between PS2 and Yes, I know, but they said that that's what was going to happen with this when it released, and it didn't. It could have if they ever bothered to put the PS3 version out. Yeah, I <laughs> highly doubt it. But even then, regardless, even if it is or not, I, to me, they should be different because it's a way different way of controlling one versus the other. So they should be different. Again, you look at DC Universe Online and you can clearly tell that it was coded for console and then ported over. And they've been slowly trying to fix that so that it wasn't as bad. And some of the enhancements are better. But even then, I think that allowing other people people if you're not going to do it fine allow other people to do it so that it is a different experience for both it should be i i i just don't know about the having a huge discrepancy between two different versions of the game that are going to be playing together i personally don't like that who cares is there a pvp system <laughs> they're working on it then the, yeah so it's that'll come out in 2014 
So, I mean, if all you're doing is playing against it's a PvE for the most part anyway, then who cares if one has a better gaming experience than the other? Well, that means buy it for the PC then. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, <they're, laughs> you know I'm right. They're redesigning the character creation system, including previously unavailable race and gender combinations. Uh, they're changing the job progress system. It's going to be more through quests instead of experience gain. They're adding in a lot of uh, job-specific content, as well as new jobs themselves. And they're also finally going to let you have a freaking pet if you play a ranger or a summoner. <laughs> you can have the ability to summon or tame companions, and they're putting in an advancement system for that, as well as a content finder system, similar to what we've seen for dungeon finders, and achievements. So, in another year... <laughs> The game will finally be ready for launch. <laughs> so in another year, it'll have caught up with 2006. And it's, I just find it hilarious that they've decided, okay, now we're going to start charging the subscription fees when we are flat out saying the game still isn't where we want it to be yet. It's not where they said it was going to be at, basically. I... <laughs> I will I will give it a fair chance a year from now. I, I I am very curious to see just how much they have changed the game. I'm not saying I'm gonna buy it, I'm not saying I'm gonna give it a subscription, but probably more out of morbid curiosity <laughs> than anything else, I'm gonna wanna see the changes. Yeah, I'm still not sold. I, I don't care even once when they hit two point oh, I'm still no. No. <laughs> you had your chance and you blew it. By then we're gonna have by then we're gonna have again Star Wars will have been entrenched and doing hopefully quite well but then terra we're gonna terra, have guild uh, wars 2 the, the the space one oh dude yes yeah that one wild star wild star wild mean, star i mean there's a lot coming out before then and now that's not to say that they're going to be any better either but we'll have a lot more options than what's out now mm -hmm. okay now you wanted some time to rage about rage Okay. Uh, first of all, just uh, a thought I had when we were talking about Arkham Asylum or Arkham City. If you buy the game pre-owned, don't spend your 10 bucks on the source. Just don't. Trust me on that one. But that's not what I had to rage about because I loved Rage. For 20 hours, it was a great game. I had a ton of fun with it. And then the last 20 minutes, it completely tripped at the finish line, just like we saw in Borderlands, uh, just like I had some <laughs> issues with in uh, Halo Reach. The ending completely fucked the game. I'm not going to spoil anything here. Let's just say you go on your last mission, and this is an id-made game. The weaponier guy gives you your BFG. He gives you your big fucking gun. As a matter of fact, there's a special ammo type for it called the BFG rounds. So you're going to have some fun with this big-ass gun. You get to your last uh, little dungeon encounter, and it's almost literally a straight corridor from point A to point B. The, the, the environments through the game had a lot of exploration, a lot of secrets to find, not in the last level. You don't even really need the BFG. The only reason I used it is because I bought a thousand freaking rounds for the thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, might as well blow away these cheap-ass little mutants with it. Never even got to use the advanced form of the ammo. The only reason I know what it looked like is because I fired a test shot just to see what the hell it looked like. If you're going to give me a big fucking gun, you better give me a big fucking monster to shoot with it. <laughs> <laughs> It was straight out of Borderlands. Uh, I'm going to even say it was l more anticlimactic than Borderlands because there wasn't even a boss fight. You press a couple buttons, you fight off a couple waves of enemies, and then there's a cinematic, and that's it. It was, for a great game, it failed so hard at the end. I don't want to say it ruined the experience because I still had a ton of fun with it, but if well, there's DLC, the as... if, if there's anything else coming up for it, I'm going to have a hard time caring. It's the same thing as Borderlands had a blast up until the end kind of thing. So you really have to 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 get past the rage essentially, and <laughs> and think about the rest uh, of the gameplay. Yeah, it, that I said still though, highly recommend the game. That said though, still, if you're looking at, did you max out at twenty hours played? Uh, more or less uh, in the twenty-ish range. Yeah, that's not enough. That's not enough considering it's a crap-ass ending. That's more than most shooters this day, though. That's how I'm comparing it to. I'm comparing it to Halo. I'm comparing it to Modern Warfare. That's a huge campaign by today's shooter standards. Yeah. All right. I'm still... Yeah, I'm going to wait until the price goes down, basically, and pick it up later on. I'm, I'm with Roger on that one, that. I think. Yeah. I'm not going to fault you for that. Yeah. So basically a huge disappointment. Okay. 
Well, then let's talk about something that you are excited about, and we're going to close with that. And that is Ultimate Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, and simply because of Phoenix, Phoenix freaking right. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a lot of reveals for this game over the last couple months, but nothing that we'd really talk about here on For the Lore. Some cool stuff going on. But at New York Comic Con, they uh, unveiled their latest two characters, Nova, who is fucking awesome, and Phoenix Wright, ace attorney. So in the fighting game, when Capcom is programming characters like Ryu, who is already in several fighting games, or Dante, who is a very has his line of action games, it makes a lot more sense to program them into a fighting game. Phoenix Wright, not known <laughs> for its combat mechanics. He's got a briefcase. How, however, they have found put his a finger. very interesting and unique way to apply him into the fighting game uh, setting. He has three stances that he can switch between in battle. First of all is there's his investigation stance where he, a lot of his – quote, moves involve him looking for evidence and you can get good evidence. You can get bad evidence. You can choose what to keep. And there's actually a special UI element for this in investigation mode is when you can summon your assistant Maya to actually help you out in battle. And she's hilarious, whatever, (laughs) but it's a temporary mode to get you into court mode, which is when Phoenix is being a little more Phoenix, like whacking people with his briefcase. And this is when he gets his objection attack where he literally throws out the freaking word balloon and tries to hit the enemy with them. <laughs> so if you have three good pieces of evidence from investigation mode and if you land your objection attack in court mode you unlock the third mode turnabout mode which powers up his abilities he makes them much stronger a lot faster gives him these giant flaming pointing fingers he can throw out objection <laughs> And unlocks his level three hyper combo, which will take the evidence you found and put your opponent on trial for massive damage. I think this is an absolutely brilliant way of taking a completely passive gameplay style from the core game and putting it into a fighting game. I cannot credit Capcom enough for pulling this off. I hate them I, because this makes me want to buy the damn game. <laughs> I did not think they'd be able to pull it off when I heard about it. I thought it'd be funny as hell, but I couldn't quite see it. But yeah, you got to give it to them. Yeah, like when I saw the first videos, I was like, oh, that looks stupid. He's just, you know, he's flailing around, summoning his little assistant. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And then I actually read the actual mechanics behind it. And I was like, that's genius. Is this one of the ones that's uh, for the Vita? It's yes, it, it's it is this one, right? Mm-hmm. See, you know, that might be one of the ones that I have to buy for the Vita then because <laughs> I won't play it otherwise. But for the Vita, I, maybe I will just <laughs> just for that. Okay, with that, we're actually going to wrap up the show for tonight. Thanks for everyone who joined us live. And uh, of course, if you want to check out the show notes, they are at forthelore.com and on Twitter at forthelore. And if you have any comments or submissions or anything, you can send them to forthelore at gmail.com. Know that next week we're actually going to be recording on Tuesday as opposed to our regular Monday night because our man Joe is going to be our correspondent at BlizzCon next weekend. So he's going to have a ton of BlizzCon news when we are recording on Tuesday. So with that, we'll let you go and we'll talk to you guys next week you know I can be found. it was like I was telling them okay I don't expect you to go point on anything just sit back relax chit chat it'll be fine said, unless there's something that you really want to I wasn't done typing yet Warhammer <laughs> dibs on Warhammer yeah when you said Joe might not be here I was like man I really wanted him to be there for the Warhammer thing yeah why, why are you going on about Guardian Heroes? What did I miss here? We talked about it a couple episodes ago. That's what I missed. <laughs> I was talking, so you probably yeah, weren't paying attention. I just ass is what it boiled down to. I, I don't recall any theatrics for that one. <laughs> so it wasn't that bored is what you're saying. <laughs> probably just playing a game on your iPad or something. No, I wouldn't do that to you. Oh, yes, dude. you would. <laughs> Don't re- lie. And yet, I'm still going to buy the number ones. Yeah, because we're fucking cheap. Basically. Not I'm, but I'm going to make... cheap like who? No, we, definitely we, not. Know. No, we're not that desperate there, There's a pause yet. in there. Although, if we did, there'd be a reach round involved. At least we're that considerate. Hoogs, I know you're not. Okay, hold on. We're going to bring Joe in. And I'm doing it right this time.
I noticed. I, I didn't want to say anything and screw it up. Now, speaking of, uh, of changes as well, they were talking about um, they're going to be changing some of the... Um... Oh, damn it. Hey, oh, I lost it. Where was it? I was looking at it right now. <laughs> I don't know. What was I? I didn't steal it. It was right there. This is going to be edited out. <laughs> God damn it. I had a note. It's gone. Maybe we'll just start back. <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah, right here. Insert here. I'm letting you guys go because I'm going to be watching The Walking Dead premiere from yesterday. You do that, I'm going to go shower and then go get my copy of Batman Arkham City at the midnight release. I'm going to go watch the Dolphins lose. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, i got to go tomorrow during lunch, I think. Go pick up my copy. Because I'm not uh, going to have time tomorrow afterwards because we're recording tomorrow. Yeah, if they weren't doing a like costume event and crap like that, I wouldn't even bother going to the midnight show, like the midnight you release. You are but... going in costume. I'm not. I'm going to take pictures of the other people. Lies. You are going in costume. I can see you now in your poison ivy outfit. Oh. And it, trust me, oh, it's not God. Me. And I thought the, the Walking Dead was going to be disgusting. Thanks for that visual.